0: The winning streak is over. Boston Celtics drop one to Chicago. Ugh. I'm going to talk about it on a Tuesday Locked On Celtics. Millies, let's go. Raina J's back with the vengeance. back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Woo! This the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Thank you for taking me along with you in your headphones, in your car, in that speaker by the shower, whatever it is. Really appreciate it. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I host the show five days a week, Monday through Friday. So if you're new, that's where you're going to get a regular drop Monday through Friday, wherever you subscribe, right to your device I've also written a book. It's called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I've got a book signing coming up in about a week next Thursday, a week from Thursday. So that'll be done virtually. So follow my social channels on Twitter at Red's Army underscore John to get more details. Boston Celtics lose, lose. They what? Lose to the Chicago Bulls, 102-96. No Kemba, no smart. No Robert Williams. Still no Evan Fournier. Uh, That was pretty evident in the way they played. No point point guards. No regular point guards. So they started Peyton Pritchard, which was fine. They ended with Tremont Waters, which was fine. In the middle, they relied on Jason Tatum a bunch. They even went to Romeo Langford. So I'll talk about Romeo, the point guard, which I broke down on Boston Sports Journal. And I'll talk about him in segment three. Segments one and two, good and bad. Uh, kind of not very clear good and bad in in some of these performances. So, here's first of all, today's uh, episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app. Join me this week to talk about the Celtics. I do uh, a show weekly on Locker Room. So, again, I announce that on Twitter generally. If you follow me on Locker Room, at John Corrales, you'll get alerts to when I go live locker room is changing the way we talk about sports right now. We're talking about the Celtics lost to the bulls. And frankly, I thought this, you guys, if you listen to yesterday's show, I, I was worried about the uh, potential trap in here. And sometimes when you have a trap game, guys being out will help, you know, snap you back into place. And you say, all right, well, we we have to play hard to make up for the loss of all these guys. But I thought they came out casual. They really came out out hot. Chicago missed their first four shots. The Celtics hit their first four shots. They were up big. And it it felt like this was going to be an easy, you know, chill. Chicago's not great. Let's just breeze through this. And the Celtics had a 9 0 run to start, but then, you know, Nikola Vucevic got going and the, the Bulls went on a 7 2 run and kind of got back into it. And from there, it was more back and forth. Chicago basically, I think, upped the intensity, started playing a lot harder, defending a lot harder, and the Celtics had no answer. And this is kind of typical of this team when they are facing any sort of real, real adversity, especially missing uh, missing guys. Now, they, they've come back in fourth quarters and all of that stuff. That's not the adversity I'm talking about, but like when they're shorthanded, it's probably a better word. When they're, when they're shorthanded, they, this is what you get because guys are, are being asked to do things that they're not supposed to do. The Boston Celtics are, when they're whole, when they're full, a pretty good team. They're not going to match up with the elite teams in the NBA, but they can do pretty well with that second tier. And, hey, against the elite teams, catch a little bit of fire. It's not unheard of. A a full, healthy Celtics team beating one of the elite teams in the league is an upset, but not that big of an upset. But when you take players away, what the Celtics don't have is – the ability like they did last year to overcome that quite as well. Now you also, they took away four guys, three starters were out and their key bench contributor is still out. So I'm not going to go too crazy about this game. Like this is not a game where uh, in the midst of that February, March kind of swoon where I got upset that they they still weren't finding at least some resolve, some fight. This was a game where yeah, they might have come out a little too casual, but it was I, I, I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at this. I felt kind of like Jason Tatum was trying to take like a working day off. You know, he he had a lot more responsibility on him and that changes the dynamic when he has to be the ball handler, then that takes away some of uh, what what he does well. So let me let me save the, let me save the the Tatum conversation for for later. Uh, let me start with the, the good performances here, and I'll get into Tatum. I I'll, I'll, he wasn't bad because he had a triple double and he had ten assists and eleven rebounds. He wasn't good because he missed like most of his shots and I I don't like the way he was trying to score, but he was, he was okay. Uh, slightly better than okay, but I'm going to talk about him in the second segment. Jalen Brown was good, but again, Jalen Brown. Okay. 23 points, four rebounds. He hit his first six shots and then was four of nine the rest of the way. How does Jalen Brown, who is your hottest player after one quarter, only get nine shots the rest of the way that is a problem. I think that's something that is a little too consistent of a problem for the Celtics. And that's something that I would like to see kind of rectified here. When Jalen Brown has it going like he did. Now he played the whole first quarter, maybe, and this may sound counterintuitive, but maybe instead of having him play the whole first quarter, he's the guy that you, you pull with like two minutes to go, but By pulling him with two minutes to go, you maximize his rest around the quarter break. You give him basically six or seven minutes worth of rest because he didn't come in in the second quarter until about halfway through, more than halfway through. And instead of sitting him at the quarter break and then sitting him for seven minutes on the other side... Maybe you pull him at that TV timeout with two and a half minutes to go or so. Then he gets the quarter break. And then with a couple minutes to go or a couple, two, three minutes into that next, the second quarter, you get him back in. So you, you kind of maximize the rest without having to miss quite as much of the game action. Like there's just more. You, you've already got the natural timeout. So he's resting in all of that. You've got the quarter break. I think if he's if he's hot and Jalen Brown you ride him when he's hot he's he is a very much a hot hand kind of guy. I, I would have just liked to have seen more Jalen Brown like in the second quarter he he was he was feeling it for him to only get nine shots the rest of the way I don't I don't like I don't like that Peyton Pritchard started did well hit a couple of shots early thought offensively he did he did fine he had a big shot late. Uh, he still is you know targeted on defense and he finds himself uh, a couple of times he found himself under the rim and he's just kind of bouncing around out there in that in that position. there's nothing he can do he's he's just too small for that spot. so it's it's a give and take with him defensively. Tremont Waters was good. he finished the game he played the fourth quarter and did well in the fourth quarter. Brad Stevens said, you know after some clunkiness in the middle quarters, especially with Romeo, which I'll talk about later, that he wanted somebody that could organize the team. And in the fourth quarter, all of Tremont Waters' minutes came in the fourth quarter. He played eight minutes. Three of three, including a three-pointer, two of two from the line, two steals, an assist, rebound, nine points, just, you know, nice performance. I mean, he and Jason Tatum led the Celtics with nine points in the in the fourth quarter. And Tatum did it on two of seven shooting. So Waters was perfect. He made some big plays, layup at the end when, you know, the the Celtics were on their very absolute last gasp. So after that Lakers game which was obviously very bad, to have that bounce back is is important. When he's playing with better players, he has a better chance to be a better player himself. He's a fringe NBA guy. I like Tremont Waters. I'm a, I'm a a fan of his his game actually because he he does have good instincts. And yeah, if he was taller he'd he'd be a lock NBA player. But now, I don't know. I think I think Tremont Waters is a great candidate. I think he and Carson Edwards are great candidates to go play overseas. I've said it before. Nothing wrong with going overseas and playing and living in a beautiful European city and making millions of dollars to play basketball for a really good team. I know it's not the NBA. Go Learn your lessons, make your money, come back. You know, to go that route, you can always come back and and work your way back in. Don't don't miss an opportunity to live the life and make millions of dollars playing this game. Take it, take it from from a guy who would very willingly go back and do that. Uh, lastly, Jabari Parker was okay. He he, he did a, you know a fine job. Uh, offensively not great but better than they probably would have gotten otherwise from other options he played 15 minutes was 4 of 7 uh, he's now he's he's already scored more points than he has all season with the kings he's played more minutes than he had all season with the kings so uh but when the Celtics are full i don't think he plays much like those those 15 minutes can very easily be swallowed up in the robert williams uh, Evan Fournier minutes, and, you know, throw in Smart and and Kemba, and you know the the minutes distribution all across the board changes. So maybe he gets Grant Williams minutes, maybe he gets Shemmy Ojale's minutes, and I'll talk about Grant when I come back because he's he's been he's been struggling. So that's next, and I'll I'll get into the whole Tatum thing too because he's it's such an interesting discussion with him. I think. With this performance, today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's free to download. Once you're in, come talk to me. Other fans, athletes, insiders, real time. Uh, You can you can chat. I I do a a weekly uh, show, uh, Locker Room, where it's basically sports talk radio. I show up, I create a, a room. You come in, you request to speak. I bring you on. We talk for a few minutes. Ask me a question, make a comment, whatever. We have some fun. Boom. Done. While that's happening, people in the chat room are reacting to what I'm saying, what the person is asking. It's a great place to start. Join a conversation about the NBA, about the Boston Celtics. You'll find other Celtics fans just like you. You can make friends, coordinate watch parties. Maybe you can get on locker room yourself, create a room, and watch the Celtics game together. All of those things are possible here. So, join me this week. I'll, I'll be tweeting out. If you follow me on Locker Room at John Corrales, you'll you'll get you'll be able to get notified when I come on. So, download the free Locker Room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group for latest league updates. Follow me at John Corrales. Get notified when my room goes live. You will not want to miss it. It's a lot of fun. They usually go for about 45 minutes to an hour. So it's a lot of fun. I usually have gone live on Fridays, but that can change from week to week depending on the schedule. So I cannot wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Celtics. See you there. Locker room is changing the way we talk about sports. Rock Auto has changed the way that we talk about getting things for your car. It is the absolute best place to go. Do not bother driving to one of those strip malls where you have a brick and mortar shop. They have shelves that can only hold so much and whatever you need for your car, whatever brand they have, that's what they're going to pull out. Don't waste your time telling that person behind the counter all the specs for your car. You can do that at home or on your phone and you know you're going to get a great price because they do not do different price tiers for pros versus do-it-yourselfers. They're not going to change their prices based on what the market will bear like an airline. So those are silly things that happen. But Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. I've already had people get in touch with me to tell me how much money they've saved going to Rock Auto. One person said that he saved $600 on a part. Would have been Uh, $1,000, he said he got it for $400 on Rock Auto. So that's a huge difference. Think about where that $600 can go. So maybe you don't need a $1,000 part. Maybe you just need floor mats or wipers or something simple. That's what I'm going to use it for because that's all I know how to do with my car. But that's fine. They have that too. You're going to find it all in their unique and easy-to-navigate catalog. When you go to rockauto.com, I bet you're going to buy something and when you do, write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's the only way they know we sent you. So make sure you write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. The Lockdown Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for your latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL draft coverage. So, Jason Tatum. His game was very interesting because he had a triple-double. 14 points, which is very low for him right now. 13 rebounds, which is great. And 10 assists. Awesome. He did have four turnovers, and uh, his shot was blocked once or twice. Which, basically, when when a guy has the ball down low... And like he's he's bringing it up from his waist, and it gets stripped like at his waist. But he's bringing it up, and it's determined that he's bringing it up for a shot. That's considered a block, but it looks more like a strip. So I consider that more of a turnover than a block shot. But for for now, Tatum only has four turnovers. But I I consider that as as having more. But it doesn't matter because he was he was kind of like up and down. The assists are fantastic. The being able to see the floor and pick up the slack for guys that you know, you know Tate I'm I'm sorry, no smart, no Kemba, that's a big deal. But when Tatum has the ball and has to create as often as he does when those guys are out, because you can't rely on Pritchard, you can't rely on Tremont Waters, they're not gonna be able to rely on Romeo Langford at least this season, that that takes away a big part of Tatum's game. Because the Celtics run a lot of things with Tatum off the ball, and you know they they run actions with that get him post ups, they run pin downs that you know have him coming up and catch the ball and attack, all of those things that they normally could do with a different person at the point of attack, they they really can't do as much. So Tatum has to bring the ball up, he has to start with the ball in his hand, which means he's more limited. He's either going to just find a matchup that he wants to attack or he's going to call for a pick and roll and he's going to run a pick and roll. And that's fine. He can step into a three if there's drop coverage and he can snake a pick and roll and get into the lane. He can do all of that stuff. But limiting any amount of his offensive arsenal just takes away possibilities because you don't know what's going to work sometimes. You don't know... um, what could work if you started him on a different spot of the, uh, on the floor? So some of these struggles are understandable. And Hey, look, sometimes he, he missed some shots that he made like three of 17 shooting comes with a missed layup or two, a couple of floaters that have been falling some shots that had a chance fell just short. You know, so I'm not too crazy about, like, I'm not going to go too crazy about Tatum's game. He he had a, he had a rough shooting night. I do think that, as I said before, when the Celtics aren't whole, they don't have the personnel to make up for these kinds of losses. And what team can really withstand the losses of three starters and a six man? Basically, like, how many teams? Can you take that level of talent off and have them withstand that? So, I think Tatum was. It's not like he wasn't trying. I think he was trying. I think that there might have been some some spots there where at the beginning he was like very content to make the passes, like he just didn't want to have to carry the scoring load. And I get that. I get that. You know, sometimes. How many people have gone to work? in and like you're taking a the working day off. Like I'm going to do some other stuff. Yeah, man, I'll help you out with your thing and I'll do, you know, I'll I'll, I'll run these little menial tasks, but I don't want to do any real work today. I'm 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 here in body, but I'm not here in full spirit. And I thought that's where Tatum wanted to go. But hey, he made some great plays. The the jump ball that he stole was a very smart play. And could have been a turning point in this game, turned out not to be. So, but ultimately, for this season, losing both Kemba and Smart is is so so brutal. And to not have Evan, Evan Fournier, I think if Fournier was even around, like you don't have Smart and Kemba, if you had Fournier, even that that would have allowed the Celtics to maybe go with you know Tatum off the ball a little bit more. One of those things, Grant Williams asked to do too much. And when he, when he tries to do too much, he gets into trouble. Grant Williams was not good offensively. One of six, one of four from three. He made some decisions that were just not great. And I think when he's put in this situation, I've talked about Grant on this podcast before. I think that he's one of those second-year players that is really struggling because he never had a chance to add to his game or improve his game in the offseason. And he's he's trying on the fly, and he's he's trying to do too much some games, and that's that's really, really hurting him. I don't think that he can do more than defend, hit an open three-pointer, and move the ball. Like, okay, fine. They're, they're, you're going to attack a closeout? One dribble – pass. Don't be trying to get to the rim. Don't be trying to do anything fancy. Hey, every once in a while, sure, that's fine. I guess it falls every once in a while, but no. Don't don't be seeking that out. Take a dribble if a guy's closing out on you aggressively. Get past him. Move the ball. Put the other team in rotation, and great. You've done your job. Grant Williams needs to do very specific jobs. When he does those very specific jobs, he can be good. He can be a, a contributor on this year's team's success. He's not trash. He's not whatever, the people who want to uh, attack him on, on Twitter when I'm talking about him. I think he's, he's, he has the potential to be a very helpful player. And There's a reason why when the someone tweeted out a, a plus-minus list of, I forget where it was, post-All-Star break or the past, 20 game, whatever it was. And Grant Williams was like third. He was above Joel Embiid. And that doesn't mean that, you know, he's anywhere. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put him in a conversation other than he appears on this list with Joel Embiid, but it does show something that he's on the floor where his plus minus can be that high. He's helpful in some ways. And sure. A lot of it might've been he's, he's, catching some of the the pluses from Tatum and Brown and all of that stuff. But he's still on the floor and and doing stuff. He's still defended. After he made that mistake in this game, in the corner, late in the game, it was like four minutes to go, where he tried to do too much, took a pass from Tatum, tried to drive, turned the ball over. Okay, that was brutal. Then he turns around and played great defense. Great defense on the other side. And... That's the dichotomy of Grant Williams. So the way I described it on Boston Sports Journal was he, he is kind of a bellwether. If Grant Williams is in there and you look at him, you're like, wow, he's doing well, man. He's really doing things. You, you don't even have to – I can show you Grant Williams-only clips from that game, and you'd be able to tell the plays that he's making – if he's playing well and he's not touching the ball much and he's only taking open shots and all of the highlights are him defensively, you'll be able to tell, like, oh yeah, the Celtics team is full, it's healthy, and and he's just, he's setting picks and all of that stuff. When he's trying to do too much, when he's dribbling and trying to shoot and do, you know, this, that, and the other, you're going to be able to tell, like, oh, the Celtics probably have two, three guys hurt. They're They're shorthanded because he's trying to make up for things that he's not able to do. So, that's, that's my Grant Williams thing. Like uh, I, I still believe that he has the, the, the potential to be a useful role player. I think, I think he has a long NBA career ahead of him as a useful role player. He just needs to get that role down. And so I, I, I still believe in Grant Williams. I'm going to come back and talk about Romeo Langford who served as the team's point guard for a stretch in the second quarter. And I thought that, you know, some interesting things in that second quarter stretch of Romeo Langford as the point guard. I would not have bet that Romeo Langford was going to be the point guard. And if that was available on Bet Online, I might have lost some money betting on that prop bet. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA, obviously, college basketball is done, but... NBA's got in-game stuff, prop bets, NHL is going, baseball is going. Uh, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, and they've even got real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. So head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device. Sign up today with the promo code locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit so whatever you deposit 200 bucks you're going to get a $100 welcome bonus with that promo code locked on. That's how the 50% welcome bonus works. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Make sure you use that promo code locked on at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LeCampfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades, picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A U D A C Y. Romeo Langford got a turn running the team in the second quarter because Brad Stevens rolled out a lineup of Romeo Langford, Jabari Parker, Aaron Nesmith, Luke Cornett, and Grant Williams. I joked on Twitter that that's basically a random name generator. I never would have guessed. Like, if you could have said, hey, John, there's going to be a lineup where Romeo Langford runs the point and it's going to feature some weirdness and two guys who aren't on the team right now. I, I, no way. Even if you had told me one of those guys was one, <laughs> a, a Sacramento King and one of those guys was a Chicago Bull I still wouldn't have gotten all the way down to Jabari Parker and Luke Cornette. It's uh, a weird lineup. Let's just say, okay, fine. Weirdness. So many guys out. You, you throw weird lineups out there from time to time. Romeo Lankford was asked to run the point. It wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. Wasn't that good, but wasn't that bad. He actually, I thought did a, a, an okay job. And if we're looking at him as a future point guard, I don't think he's a future full-time point guard, but can you roll with Romeo Langford at some point down the road over the course of the next few years? Can you run him out there to run the offense? Based on what I saw in this game, I can see it being a possibility. I'm not going to sit there and be like, no, I'm ruling that out. Now, I'm not also going to say, yes, this is totally an option, but Romeo Langford as a point guard for this team for any stretch is a Brad Stevens dream, because whatever the lineups are down the road, if they include Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and let's say one of them, maybe it is Robert Williams as your center. And I don't know, is Marcus smart out there? Is it somebody else? I don't know. If you can have Romeo Langford at 6'5 and his length and athleticism, if you can have him handling the ball so you don't have to rely on Tatum, so you don't have to rely on some other method, you don't have to bring in a smaller guard, you don't have to bring in a, def- a defensive liability. I know people that I'm describing Kemba Walker, but I don't even know that Langford would be ready around that time, but still even if it was this year. Let's pretend on this team that we fast-forwarded Romeo Langford's career to a point where he could be the primary ball handler, and you could throw him out there with Marcus Smart instead of Kemba Walker, and you had a switchable lineup of Romeo, Smart, Jalen, and Jason, and Robert Williams. Brad Stevens would kill to be able to do that. Or you have Evan Fournier out there instead of Marcus Smart if you wanted some more height and more offense and you can go super offense heavy because all of those guys can score and still not sacrifice as much on defense because you can switch everything with those guys like that's Brad Stevens dream so of course he's going to try it when he has this opportunity now he said of Romeo I don't know if he has if that's in his wheelhouse yet but he has to get that to that point with his size and his ability to pass the ball. So Brad Stevens saying right there, we're going to need Romeo Langford. He has to get to a point where he's going to be able to run the point. And he said it's not going to happen right now. But he said that's going to be a spot for him down the road. So how did he do? Well, it wasn't very complicated for him. The very first play, he... Botched. He and Jabari Parker both botched. Uh, they ran a a play that was designed for a an alley oop. They, I think, they ran it way too far out. They ran it very obviously. Um, if you watch where Langford got the ball, it was way past the hash mark. <laughs> Parker makes this big looping run to the rim. Like they probably should have run that play. I don't know. Ten feet closer to the basket, uh, it was telegraphed. The whole thing, like I compared it to Langford, like as a scared quarterback trying to watch, like watching his wide receiver, his target make his move and try to cut across the field, and some linebacker on the other, you know, other side going, like, okay, I know you are going to throw it here. I am just going to come in here and pick this pass off. It's basically what that first play was. So. That's fine, you you know you botched it. Learning experience, not that bad. Now, he ran a few pick and rolls. He ran one with uh, not a pick and roll. It was more of a it was a dribble handoff with Grant Williams, where he saw a lane. He attacked. He cut. He maybe he could have recognized it a little bit quicker, but made a nice play. He hit the one basket that he scored. Uh, so good, good instincts there. Can read it can attack think the, as I go along here, it's the, the instincts that you're at least saying those are there. The building blocks are there. Can you at least at this level read and make the right read and make the play and basically the amount, the, the proper amount of time and in the pick and rolls that he ran, he did that. he hit, Jabari Parker on a side pick and roll along the baseline, perfectly timed. It's not a special play. It's not anything like, you know, tantalizing. It doesn't make me think like, oh my God, oh God, this guy's the the point guard of the future. But it was a pick and roll where one defender was going over the top. The other defender slid over to try and cut off the lane and it opened up a passing lane. For Parker to get the ball and and go uncontested along the baseline. Beautiful, right? He hit Luke Cornett on a pick and pop, which was perfect, right? Pick and pop, simple. These guys, you know, I've got a guy chasing me over the top. This guy's coming this way. Uh, We're running it on the high right side. I I know that this is a situation where my big is going to pop. I have a big who can pop. There he is. Boom. Pass. Uh, He even try to reject a screen, which a point guard is going to have to do. Ball handler on a pick and roll is going to have to decide. Sometimes you reject a screen. If you don't know what rejecting the screen is, you a guy goes to set a pick for you on your right side. And it's you're supposed to use the pick. If you use the pick, you're driving to the right. But you read the defense. They understand the pick is coming. And you say, nope. I've got this guy leaning this way. I'm gonna set him up like I'm gonna go right. Boom! I'm gonna I'm gonna go left. Everybody on the defense is expecting this. I'm gonna reject your screen and go the other way. And he tried to do that, and that didn't go quite as well because he did it too fast. But he actually made a decent move, nice little kind of fake like juke crossover move. So again, instincts are there. Speed wasn't right. Uh but when he got cut off, he knew where the ball should go. So the basics of Romeo Langford as a point guard kind of there. Kind of there. A building block, a foundation. Now, you this is if we're talking about like the the metaphor like building a house, like we haven't even poured the foundation, but we know that where we want to build the house. This this is going to be a solid foundation. Like you you can pour your concrete, okay? Uh, it's there. The, and I've talked about Romeo Langford before. He's the, the the instincts are there. Like I watch Romeo Langford, and I think he knows how to play basketball. He hasn't had a, pl- a chance to play it enough at the NBA level. And because of when he's come back and how he's come back and and the circumstances of this season and and the team, he hasn't been able to, to get fully kind of right. And as Brad Stevens said it, he's kind of swimming out there, which is almost like, I think he meant to say like treading water. Like he's just kind of like out there and kind of keeping up. He's not really, the game hasn't slowed down enough for him to play at the right speed, but. You look at him closely, and you say, "All right, he's he's making some mistakes, and can you live with these mistakes on this day, or is he is it really costing you on this on this particular game? Do you have a choice of whether to bench him, or or can you leave him out there and have him play through it? But the instincts are there. He's going to be a solid player. How how far he grows, I don't know, but he's going to be a solid player. And if if Brad wants him to be a point guard," or or run stretches as the, the team's point guard, kind of almost like a in a Gordon Hayward sense, where Gordon Hayward could run the point and initiate the offense, but he wasn't really a, your point guard. He could be in a pinch. You can throw lineups out there where he was the primary, primary ball handler. Not to say that Romeo plays like uh, Gordon Hayward, but that could be the, the type of role that we're looking at here. And so we'll see. We'll see how we how he develops. He may never develop into it, but I think the foundation. I think it's possible. I think he's got it. All right, that's gonna do it for the show. I'll be back tomorrow with more. Celtics are off on Tuesday. Practice, practice. Hey, they get to practice on Wednesday, so I'll be talking about it. I'll have all sorts of fun topics and and maybe even a guest to to get us through the week and into that back-to-back Thursday, Friday, which will be really interesting. So subscribe if you have not subscribed yet. I would really appreciate that. If you have, and you have the ability to give this show a five-star rating and a good written review, I'd really appreciate that. That's very helpful. And if not, that's okay. You can just share the podcast, tell your friends that they should be listening to the lockdown Celtics podcast here on the lockdown podcast network. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.